Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. In the small town of Elmira, New York, a boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him opening his own clothing store at the age of 18? One in 138,000. Excited to be a part of pop culture, he packed for the big city. The odds of finding someone to invest in his vision? One in 4.5 million. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 110. I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. The views of Peace of Nature Talk are not necessarily the views of TalkShoe, Generating Productions, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. This is your Sunday evening forum, Nation Talk. Nation Talk is a live public affairs and news program that deals with issues concerning you from the studios of Savannah, Georgia.
in the conversation, call 1724-444-7444. Call ID number 55519-POUND. That's 1724-444-7444. Call ID number 55519-POUND. for tacos. You and Danny want Chinese. You look up at the menu. You look down to see what Danny wants. But you don't see Danny. Danny! Every parent knows that feeling. Imagine if he were actually abducted. To receive free Amber Alerts on your cell phone, go to wirelessamberalerts.org. A child is calling for help. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The views and opinions of Nation Talk are not necessarily the views of TalkShoe. Generated production and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. Good evening and welcome to Nation Talk. This is your Sunday evening forum, public affairs, and news program. Just for you. We say hello to California. Hello, California. How are you? And all of you listening to us on the West Coast, in the Midwest, and even here on the East Coast. Tonight we have um, our topics tonight. We got we're going into the Crime Watch files, transgenders, and the military. Another edition of Blank on Blank. And news of the week. All this tonight on Nation Talk. One seven two four 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 twenty four forty four. Call ID number five 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 one nine pound is the number to call.
he's joining us as well in the chat room as well as California. Um, for those of you who don't know, Crown Watch Daily is a very good um, program that gets into these stories of of different crimes. I mean, you name it, you, uh, you name it, pretty much name it, there, there it is. Um, some of the stories, the crime cities come from New York, L.A., and you can even find, and you can go New York and L.A. and other places, and other places. Um, Oklahoma, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Here's a here's a here's a story. Pennsylvania, ex-mayor and Pennsylvania teacher allegedly tried to lure teens in car for sex. Yes. Yes. In New Port Town, Luzerine County, Pennsylvania, this is coming from WKBN, a a loser a Luzerine County man is locked up tonight, accused of trying to lure three teenage boys into a car. The alleged attempt was stopped by neighbors who saw the crime unfolding before their eyes. Police says, say quick thinking by neighbors helped nab the suspects who is form, who's a former mayor of Nanticoke and who has a history of inappropriate contact with children. The drama unfolded at the Rock Street apartment complex in Glen Line Wednesday afternoon. I think this is pretty recent. I, I think this is pretty recent here. Um, police said 76-year-old Edward Buskinski tried to lure a 13-year-old boy and two 16-year-old boys into his SUV. Neighbors Eyewitness News spoke to saw it happen. Saying, quote, um, Peggy from Happenstar said, quote, it was awful for him to go ahead and try to get these kids into the vehicle. He exposed himself. Then says, uh, but Kiewinski followed the boys into the neighborhood. We saw him down at the store yelling at the boys when he came up came up here my sister were outside and yelled hey are you bothering these kids he said no I'm trying to get a tattoo then a girl put put her car across the street so he couldn't get away until the police arrived Newport Township Police 
Thomas, uh, police officer Thomas Naldon was first on the scene and was amazing at how the neighbors neighbors swung into action. Uh, no, I was a no don said it said quote it's also it's, it is it's not always recommended, but in this particular case it worked out for the better and was quite impressive. In the quote, the this man is no stranger to law enforcement. The former mayor of Nanticoke and retired teacher was first arrested back in 2003. He attempted to fondle a 13-year-old boy, a former student of his, in Nanticoke. He was placed on two years probation. Neighbors said he, they didn't know who he was when he drove into the parking lot, but he did know he was a stranger who did not belong. We watch out for everybody, says Linda Getter, who also witnessed the, the incident. She said, probably, quote, the kids are running around and we know where they belong. That's from, that's one of the, from the Crown Watch file. A former mayor now. A formal mayor, formal mayor of this township in Pennsylvania being caught by neighbors trying to entice these boys. <laughs> I tell you, Crime Watch has some good stories. I mean, as a matter of fact, you can go to crimewatch.com or crimewatchdaily.com and has a whole slew of stories on it. That's where I'm on now. 1724-444-7444. Call the number 555-19-pound. Hey, Mike, how are you? Mike? Yes, sir. Hey, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, now. Yeah, man, there's some bad stuff going on out here in this world. Oh, yeah. Plus, this ain't nothing new, you know. Oh, I oh, I know. I know. Um, this program comes on around about one, about, about one o'clock here on, on, on the Fox, on the Fox station. So uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not, I used to get a chance to watch it, but I'll be at work. But by the time I get to work, it'll be over with. As I, I miss the whole thing. I used to watch it, but um, it comes on so late. But they have some good stories on here. Mm-hmm. They they have some very good stories on here that would really, like, you'd be scratching your head going, What? <laughs> Ain't that something? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really weird. California, you're on the air. How are you? Okay. Um, Pop, just listening. 
Like, like I said, they have some. They have some. I got all kinds of stories on here. Um, that and even on their program, it has um some stuff on here. Like I said, it, it'll make you scratch your head, going, huh? <laughs> Yeah. What's that all about, huh? Yeah. Um, Hanson, um, I can't remember his first name, but Chris Hanson and his and his crew are very, very good at what they do. And my hat my hat goes out to them. I mean, really, they they are very they're really really good at what they do. Um. Reporting these things around the country to let you know what's going on out here. Now, now, hold on. I think I found some. I think I found some audio from. Found some audio from one of the programs. Carjacker caught on tape, tied inside stolen vehicle, in stolen stolen vehicle. This is terrifying surveillance video of a carjacking. A man is being chased by police and runs up to an unsuspecting couple in broad daylight. Their young children are sitting in the car. The brazen thief jumps in, and the children's shocked father struggles to pull him out. He actually was trying to get the guy out of the car, and he couldn't do it. You can see the suspect throwing the car into reverse, slamming the mother to the ground. He almost runs her over before speeding off her three-year-old and seven-month-old son still in the car. My mom could hear her screaming from her bedroom. It was, it was awful. The boy's mother, father, and the police officer who was apparently chasing him desperately run after the car, but they can't catch up and watch helplessly as the car disappears. I just was hoping that the kids were okay. The moments leading up to the horrifying incident are also caught on the apartment complex security camera. There's the suspect by a dumpster. Cops say he was rummaging through it when they tried to talk to him. He was trying to hide who he was and maybe what he had with him. Our Salt Lake City affiliate KSTU reporting that after giving cops a fake name, he bolted and took off in the stolen car innocent children in tow. A few minutes later, the suspect stops in a parking lot. It's hard to see, but right here, he grabs the first child and puts him on the side of the road. Then, he reaches in for the baby, sets him down with his brother, and flees. A good Samaritan steps in and carries the children to safety. They are soon reunited with their parents. So great. Cries of joy. As for the suspect, police eventually catch up with him. But amazingly, the carjacker gets away, and cops have to end the chase because it's too dangerous. Through the McDonald's parking lot where he ran into something, uh, through parking lots and roads all around here, before he was uh, able to kind of navigate his way back over to the freeway and, and got on the freeway. But police say he was back to his old trick the next day. Oh, Again, boy. leading cops on a second chase in what police say is a stolen truck. Soon after, the suspect crashes, and the cops finally get their man. It is a relief for us to, to have someone that uh, would, would act so dangerously to be um, held accountable to his actions. 
Mom, Amber Pollard, is just thrilled that her sons, Julian and Brayden, are okay. At that time, I didn't care about my car or anything else. I just, I thought I literally lost my kids. That carjacker is identified as Tyler Williams. Two separate police departments have charged the 26-year-old with a long list of crimes, including possession of a stolen vehicle, attempted carjacking, and aggravated assault on a police officer. Williams is still in custody and has not yet entered a plea. I was just in tears. I was just so relieved that he was caught, so that way nobody else has to go through what I had to go through. I was happy. Now, this would tell you if you go if you do a crime, you're definitely gonna do the time and you can you never know where a camera is. That's one of the things. That's one of the things criminals don't get. You never know whether there's a camera nearby. Nation Talk continues. Where do baby smiles come from? No, it's not gas. They're imitating the monkeys. So says evolution. That's next on today's Creation Moment. And now our Creation Moment's host, Ian Taylor. Did you know it's practically impossible to laugh without smiling at the same time? Will you try it sometime? Oh, you can make laughing sounds without smiling, but you can't laugh for real. Well, if you're anything like me, you just might laugh out loud when you hear what evolutionists are now telling us about why babies smile and laugh. According to evolutionists at Kyoto University, babies smile not because they are amused or because they are trying to communicate with their parents. Babies smile for the same reason that monkeys smile, to facilitate the development of cheek muscles, enabling humans, chimpanzees, and Japanese monkeys to produce smiles, laughs, and grimaces. And they add, spontaneous smiles don't express feelings of pleasure in chimpanzees and Japanese monkeys. Rather, the smiles are more similar to submissive signals and grimaces rather than smiles. According to study author Masaki Tomonaga, we can infer that the origin of smiles goes back at least 30 million years, when old world monkeys and our direct ancestors diverged. Really now, do evolutionists honestly expect us to believe this? There's nothing funny about evolutionary nonsense like this. The reason we smile, even when we're babies, is because God created human beings as emotional creatures capable of expressing an incredibly wide range of feelings. When's the last time you thanked God for such a wonderful gift? Creation Moments exists to glorify God by presenting evidence for the literal truth of the Bible. For more information, visit our website at creationmoments.com and join us again for another Creation Moment, proclaiming evidence of God's truth. Close your eyes in Chicago and you can hear the sound of zebra braying in Africa. Look hard out your window in D.C. and you can see the snow-covered peaks of the Andes. The world is that small. We are that connected. Please visit earthshare.org and learn how the world's leading environmental groups are working together. Earthshare, one environment, one simple way to care for it all. A public service message from Earthshare and the Ad Council. This is President Barack Obama. In the story of America, the greatest chapters are moments of challenge when we see people serving their country and one another. Volunteers who step forward into hospital corridors and church basements, along levees and fire lines. And the next chapter is yours to help write. Sign up to volunteer at usaservice.org. 
That's usaservice.org. Let's renew America together. A message from Renew America Together, brought to you by the Ad Council. The views and peace of nation talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Show, Jerry Productions, and sponsors. This is Nation Talk. I think as a parent, 
you would rather you find your child than someone else. It's the last act of protection you can give your child. After the murder, police did release this sketch of a man in a wool cap who was in the location around the time Karina was killed. But still, nothing. This is going to be seen around the country. What message do you have for people? We're looking for a break. We need a break in the case. Now, finally, that break has come. This is a very good day for justice in New York City. Yesterday evening, Chanel Lewis, a 20-year-old male who resides in East New York, Brooklyn, was taken into custody in connection with the August 2nd, 2016 murder of Karina Petrano. As it turns out, when police were going back through their files, they uncovered a 911 call from three months before the murder. Reports of the same man, Chanel Lewis, lurking suspiciously near the area Karina was killed. In fact, the original 911 call came from one of the investigators working the case, who, after remembering the incident, helped track Lewis down to his mother's house and bring him in for questioning. We spoke to him um, that night. That was Thursday night. Uh, he freely gave a buckle swab of his DNA to us. Within two days, we had a hit. You got to remember, Karina helped us identify this person. She had the DNA under her nails. She had touched DNA on her, on her back, and there was more DNA on the cell phone. But even without the DNA match, it seems police had enough to make an arrest. Lewis was interviewed by detectives and made detailed incriminating statements and admissions. Charges are now pending. But do police really have the right man? The suspect's sister says no, telling reporters, I think Hobbs framed him because he's a black person. They couldn't find anyone else to pin this on, so they pinned it on my brother. But police remain resolute, saying Lewis told them in a videotaped confession that he was out walking and in a, quote, bad mood when he came across Karina and snapped. We don't believe he knew her at all. It appears to be a chance encounter. But we wanted to understand how a young man with no previous criminal history could have suddenly done what he's accused of. Who is it? It's Chris Hansen. Who is Chris Hansen? I'm a, a reporter for Crime Watch Daily. It's a television show. And I'm looking for Chanel's mom. What do you want? Well, I would like to talk to you about your I son. Do. Right away, Chanel's mom made it clear she had little to say about her son anyway. I don't want to speak to you. I wish you would get your hand off of my property. I know this is a difficult time. I, I can only imagine. Want to speak to you. But you see what I'm getting at. I think it's important to know both sides of the story. All right, thank you for your time. There would be no statement from the mom with whom he lived most recently. So then we went looking for the father. And before long... Hi, Richard. Hello. I'm Chris Hansen with Crime Watch Daily. It's a television show, and we're working on a story on Chanel, and I wanted to talk to you. What is that about him? I just want to ask you. I don't know. I mean, I know he's been accused of this crime, and I wanted to get some perspective from his family, and we came to talk to you to hear what you had to say. Don't tell me Okay. To our surprise, Chanel's dad invited us inside. But as our cameras got into position, what he had to say stood in stark contrast to the crime for which Chanel has been accused. Oh, this guy is a wonderful young man. A wonderful in what way? Wonderful and just a good guy. Just a good guy. But reports say otherwise. Police sources say that five years earlier, when Chanel was just 15, he allegedly said he wanted to bring a knife to school to, quote, stab all the girls. 
why would he lash out? He said, lash out what you mean? Attack Karina Vachana. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? I don't think he would have. You don't I, think he did? I don't think he did that. But how did his DNA get on her fingernails, her phone, and her neck? Oh, that what? He had no answer to that other than to stick by his son. Do you think your son is capable of murder? Sir, I don't see how he would have. Was your son mentally disturbed? I'm not answering any further. And that's where Chanel's father cut the interview. As for Karina's parents, at Lewis's arraignment, Karina's mother didn't hold back, shouting, he's a demon, he's a demon, he can burn in hell. Now your nightmare begins. For now, Chanel Lewis has been charged with second-degree murder, is being held without bail, and according to police, faces 25 years to life behind bars. Now, I was wondering, if, did he actually did this crime? Or, as what, um, his sister was saying that he was, because he was black, he was being, he was being blackmailed. I mean, framed. And, and did the NYPD cat got the right person? You got, you got a problem though. What's that? You got you got the woman's DNA. You got the man's DNA under the woman's fingernails. That means she was scratching him. All they had to do was take a picture of his body, a face, or whatever, and find out if she he got any scratch marks on him. Or either send send the DNA off DNA off to another lab to confirm that it is his DNA. Hmm. So if he was a fighter, yeah. If she, if she scratched him, he should have a scratch box on him somewhere on his body. Yeah. That's in the in the story then. Yeah, because it, it 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 looks pretty obvious that he it was him. I mean, it looks very obvious. Um, I don't know if the parents don't wanted to get involved or they just don't care or they just they trying to cover up for them or or just don't want to talk uh, about it. <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's a usual thing that is worldwide nowadays. It's called denial. Mm. My little my little angel will never hurt anybody and the boy just got through a little child just got through cussing you out spitting on you and everything, but my little angel would never do anything like that. Mm-hmm. So you you know the story, but uh-huh. we're, not, we're not here to judge anybody either, but how you say attitude? Yep. Yesterday we was at a uh, at the picnic, right? Right. And going out of the park, there was a group of guys that happened to be black, Standing on the road, talking to somebody in a car. You think they would move over so that traffic would come by them? Nope. One guy was standing almost to the middle of the road so they could just barely get by. 
And don't you know, he rolled his eyes like, like, I dare you to do something. I dare you. And, and, and the driver was saying, come on, man, what's up? <laughs> but they didn't know that there was about 30 cars behind us from the party that our family, <laughs> if this dude had done something stupid, <laughs> see, this is, this, this, is what, this is what I'm trying to say, that we got these attitudes nowadays, uh, been doing it, that people are just, they're just giving up their life. And then the family is so like, no, they didn't do, they wouldn't do nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But the devil is flipping over, flipping people like left and right, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to I the mean, story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and like I said, this program, Crown Watch Daily with Chris Hansen, I mean, they got stories galore. Not just mm-hmm. famous people, but they also got infamous people. Like and like, uh, I played the first one, um, caught on tape, when, when caught on camera when the guys snatched the, snatched the car and and along with the children too, and then later oh, got wow. caught. I mean that that was I mean, they they have, well I used to call them I call them stupid criminals. Got to be. Really. What they, about the hey? What about the other case that that said when the man got away and came back the next day? Okay. Now that's what you call stupid. Okay. I mean that. I mean it. It's it. it it's it is so. It is. These are the actual things that these things that actually happen. And like I said before the break, you, if you're going to do the time. You do the crime, you're gonna do the time, and you never know who's watching you. Really? Neighbors or camera? Well, you know they got cameras just about everywhere nowadays. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in this building here, you can't get away with nothing in this building that we're in now. I don't care what, because they got cameras on the outside. Of the building, uh-huh. they got cameras inside the building. They got cameras on the elevators and on each floor, on both sections of the of the building. On the right, right by the elevators, you got cameras there. You got cameras there. You got cameras right by the elevator. So you can't get so away with. people going nothing. down the hallway, huh? That's right. You, they can. They they can see you go down the hallway. Good. They, and they got a camera like in the back where the um, dip, with the dumpster at. Uh huh. Because people like to do things <clears throat> at the dumpster. Stupid things that is. Oh yeah, you know, I got you. So, so you you really can't before. Didn't have all that, but now this is one. That, and 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 I can brag this. I can brag about this. This corner, this section of of the street that we are now, is 
I believe the safest part of this on this side of the neighborhood. Wow. Okay. You. It's 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 more safer. Before, and I remember this. Be, I I remember this before they put this building up. Right across the right from the Boys and Girls Club, they were selling drugs. Right on the, in the corner, right by that, they were selling drugs. A little further down, they were selling drugs. A little further going down, past the school, and on the past thirty on the other side, thirty seventh. They probably on that side they were selling drugs, but especially right in that area, they were selling drugs. Now, they, you you go you don't find nobody hanging out outside, no suspicious person outside of um, this building or near this building. This place is Good. this place is safe. I believe this is the safest between here and the boys' club. I think this is the safest na- part of the neighborhood ever. Well, good. Glad to hear that. Yeah. So, that, you, people, people got some nerves nowadays, boy. Oh yeah. Oh, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe somebody tried to break in. Every now and then, that somebody was trying to break into the car. Uh, but so far so good. Um, uh, car break-ins um, is down to almost down to zero here in this in this area, right? Just I'm just talking about this right in this where this, where this building sits, and because um. Savannah College Art Design is kind of like next to us. It's a it's a college for 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 arts for the for arts. They have security, and I can look out my window and look out there and see their building. But it used to be it used to be an elementary school a long time ago. My, my little brother used to go there. We used to go there. We used to go in their yard and play basketball. Uh, <laughs> Long time ago, back in back in the eighties, and um, this area—I mean, this is one—I I consider this one of the most safest area ever anywhere. Um, and somebody, like I said, somebody tried to break into the cars, but they—if they try, we we will see you. The security will see you. They got twenty four hour security. And they'll see you. <clears throat> so the the crime now other parts of Savannah it there are and I'm not saying that other parts of Savannah is just as good, but but what we got to other parts of Savannah that what they has really with crime. I mean we 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 had shootings like back to back to back this year, and it was ridiculous. Um, and it was getting really ridiculous lately. Wow. And uh, it the 
the chief police and they're trying their best to do it. Now they now they they're the county now the city and the county now are fighting to it haven't it did not decisive where they're gonna combine the city and the county um police departments. Okay. They it, it has been now the contract is up, so they don't know for sure they're gonna they're gonna actually gonna do this. They're gonna kill the contract. We don't know yet. So that's what I'm waiting on. I, really, I hope if they don't kill the contract. I, I hope they don't. And just go ahead and just continue with the um, combining the city and the county, because it, it it works. Hmm. Okay. And you don't have too many. You don't have too many cities that that do that. Do do they do that there where you are? They have like separate. Uh, well, they 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 separate, but they see anything that happened within the city limits. The police department really take it, but the sheriff and all of the county workers, they don't really get involved with too much of the uh, law enforcement stuff. Okay. They just deal with jail and, and ticketing right. and things like that. But the oh. regular the local police department, they're the one that's on your behind, boy. Okay. Okay. Because we do have a sheriff's department that deals with um that deals with but that deals with um um with the jails, anything that has to do with the county. Uh-huh. And then we have a county police. Well, we had both city and county police separately. Now they want to do is combine both the city and the county as like in one metropolitan because Savannah is growing. It it is a grow it. The city is growing. is It's a growing city. Good. And. It's not. It's, it ain't like it ain't like a little small city no more like it like it was, but, it's, but <laughs> it, it, yeah, a lot of people thought, oh, little Savannah, there ain't no little Savannah now. The county, the city is getting bigger. The county's getting bigger. You got more people coming in. As a plus, it's a tourist area. It's, it's very. It's much known for its tourism, mostly, mostly. Um, but well, it's a historical area, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's the whole city is historic. I mean, everything everything in the city is historic. Um, especially all our squares. They got we got like oh, I forgot how many squares we have in Savannah, but each one of them it has some kind of historic significance to it. Uh huh. And. Oh, and St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that too. We were famous for that too. We, I call it St. Drunk's Day. The only, the, legal, the only legal day they could get drunk. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Here, here are some more. Here are some more. Uh-oh. Here, here's some more. And I'm gonna do a few. I'm gonna do a, do one more. Um, 
do one more before we go to before we take a break. Pregnant panhandler handler turns out to be twins taking turns faking. Oh my goodness. I got to hear this one. This is going this is a this seems like a good one. This young pregnant woman is begging the public for help. Every once in a while, you would see her stop and rub her belly as she was walking. But not everything is as it seems. Our Charlotte affiliate, WSOC, recently got a tip about a pregnant panhandler who seemed suspicious. They investigated. We watched as time after time, people rolled down their windows and they handed her cash. No doubt being pregnant was pain. I think that went a long way in convincing people. But convincing people was all really just one big sham. What passersby don't know is that 27-year-old Brittany Penninger is hiding a secret. There's no baby in that bump. And cameras are there to give birth to the fraud. During the search, cops pull out her baby-less bump, a bundle made up of towels, sheets, and a blanket, accompanied by her handmade song, Heavy on the Sympathy. Do you feel guilty for the people who give you money because they think you're pregnant? And shockingly, she isn't working alone. Her twin sister, Megan Penninger, is apparently pregnant too. A double scam in the making. They'll make really good money. It's all cash, tax-free. Over the years, Charlotte cops have become quite familiar with the Penninger sisters. They both reportedly have lengthy rap sheets. We saw shoplifting on their records, larceny, theft, of course, panhandling. Our local affiliate reporting Brittany, who's been arrested more than a dozen times, even has a felony conviction for conspiracy to commit breaking and entering. She was telling me that they can make about $200 an hour and a half to two hours. Even bragging how being with child is way more lucrative than being without. Oh, yeah. People just hand me $20 bills out the window without the belly. I don't make nearly as much money. We talked to a relative of theirs who told us they have a supportive family and that they don't have to do this. Brittany pleaded guilty to her latest crime. She walked out of jail just 48 hours later. And her sister, Megan, she's now a fugitive after failing to show up for a court date. There's currently a warrant out for her arrest. They seem like they have very little remorse about the fact that they're taking money from people. And no remorse means it may only be a matter of time before they could be pretending to be pregnant again. <laughs> well. I got... Well, I can't say anything about that one. Really. Just... It leaves you a mental picture, huh? Coming up during, during our next hour, we're we approaching the top of the hour, by the way. Did President Trump do... Do you agree or disagree about... President Trump's decision about transgenders in the military. And I'll give you my answer. We got blank on blank and news of the week and some other stuff. So uh, stick around. More of Nation Talk continues. 
touched early that violence against women is wrong. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org. Brought to you by Preachers Without Violence and the Ad Council. Shall not be deprived of their right to speak. 
The odds are the person you just heard is an African-American. Because African-Americans are twice as likely to suffer a stroke as white Americans. That's twice as likely a stroke could rob you of the freedom to speak your mind. Help beat the odds. Call 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Violence, theft, drugs, graffiti, it's all part of joining a gang. In times like these, we need to protect our kids and our community from gangs. Gangs often prey on teens with low self-esteem who perform poorly in school and who seek a sense of belonging. Protect kids from gangs. Know who they're hanging out with. Encourage them to become involved in school activities. Give kids a positive alternative to gangs. To learn more, visit ncpc.org or contact your local law enforcement agency. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Now, these are Peter Nation Talk, and that's the views of Talk Show, Jam Radio Productions, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk. <laughs>
Now, here's the story from MSNBC. President Trump officially reversing Obama policy and not allowing transgendered individuals into the U.S. military. Let's go to NBC's Hans Nichols at the Pentagon. Hans, here we are, American Heroes Week, and it sounds like the president has just defined who he now believes are heroes. This has been a complicated process, Stephanie, for the Pentagon to work through. There are about 250 currently transgendered individuals that have indicated they want to go through some sort of transition process. Just at the end of last month, there was a sort of asked for a delay from the Navy, the Pentagon, uh, the Army, the Air Force, asking for a delay for new recruits, those that identified as transgendered and haven't actually want to join the military, want to serve the country, but they're trying to figure out a way how to do that. It appears that President Trump's are going to put all these discussions on ice. Right now the discussion is still at the Pentagon between the Deputy Secretary of Defense and the service chiefs. We'll see if President Trump's short circuits all this. Just to give you a quick overview on this, it was the previous Secretary of Defense, Ash Carter, last fall made this mandatory, wanted to have the Pentagon, wanted to have transgender individuals be able to serve their country. Now, for those that were already serving at the time, they had protocols on how to go through transitions, what their support would be. But for new recruits, Ash Carter gave them a timeline. That timeline was the end of last month, June 30th, July 1 was the date. Then they asked for a delay. So the Pentagon had been trying to work through all this. They wanted to make it work. You heard a lot from people here on just the imperative of implementing this social policy, making sure that the Pentagon did this correctly, and that's why they asked for that delay. It looks like now, though, from President Trump, this has all been short-circuited. Stephanie? Were we anticipating this in any way? I mean, at least here, this isn't something that was on our radar. Is this something that the president or his team had been reviewing? Uh, well, we don't know the discussions that have been taking place between Mattis and the president specifically on this issue. We know that at one level below that, I believe, it was between the deputy secretary of defense at the time, Bob Work, and the service secretaries, many of whom were acting that's where the process was here at the Pentagon. They'd asked for a delay. They wanted another six months. It was granted. You know, Mattis's, Secretary Mattis's North Star on all of, all of this has always been readiness and lethality. What kind of fighting force can you have to make it lethal and effective? And if that included transgender, it seemed as though Mattis was all aboard on that. But he wanted it to make a little bit more time for new recruits. At least that was the feeling we got, although to the extent that this had bubbled up, to the Secretary of Defense in a formal way, as of two weeks, we've been told no, that this was one level below him. But whether or not he or any of the other generals had conversations with President Trump, I can't tell you. So. Okay, so just to reiterate, just to be clear, the only person that we've heard from on this is the President. There's been nothing we've heard specifically or on the record from General Mattis. Mattis has not weighed on this on the record, to my knowledge. I'd have to see whether or not he was asked about it in testimony. But the official policy had always been, let's try to make this work. Again, the North Stars being lethality and an effective fighting force. And if the Pentagon thought that included transgender individuals, they were going to try to find a make a way on how to get this to work. And again, it was the last administration that set this into policy. There are about two, 250 individuals that are currently serving that are transgender. And that's one thing we have to figure out now. What happens to those individuals who have come forward have said they're transgender because of the old policy and what their future looks like serving their country. Stephanie? Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Thanks for watching MSNBC. Okay. That's one take on it. Now, 
Uh, here is from a transgender veteran speaks out on President Trump's ban. President Trump is making headlines with a tweet announcing that he's banning transgender people from serving in the military, undoing President Obama's order allowing it. 13 Action News reporter Tom George talked with one veteran who says this decision is personal. I was the only one, one of the only ones that made out of my truck alive. For Blue Montana, each of these tattoos, a reminder of loss, sacrifice, courage, 13 years in the Marines. All I ever wanted to do was protect and serve my country. He was inspired to enlist after his cousin in the Navy was murdered for being gay. If he can come out and be who he was, you know, and be authentic and be in the military, then why can't I do it? It would be the same reason Montana would be kicked out of the career he hoped would last a lifetime, discharged for being a lesbian. I have to go through that experience. It still bothers me a little bit. He says back then serving as a lesbian was hard enough, but being transgender wasn't an option. I've known since I was three years old I was male-identified, yeah. It wasn't until after he was kicked out that he transitioned. He says he was glad when President Obama overturned the ban on transgender people serving. By then, it was too late for Montana, but not for thousands of others. But with a single tweet from the president, that's all up in the air. Montana says what really hurt the most was the president saying trans troops were a burden. I think he was looking in the mirror and looking at a reflection of himself, because right now he's a burden to the United States. Trans troops are, have never been the burden. It's why he says, amid the uncertainty, they'll keep doing what they've always done. If you wake up every day, you put your boots on, you put your camis on, you do the job that you're supposed to do. Now, by some estimates, there are thousands of transgender service members around the country, including here at Nellis. Both of Nevada's senators have come out against the president's plan. Tom George, 13. Okay. Now, it's a transgender vendor of veteran who speaks out on... Trump's ban is coming from Las Vegas, KTNV Channel 13 in Vegas. Okay, here's a transgender National Guardsman who speaks out on Trump's ban from CBS News. It is unclear how the president's announcement could affect transgender people who are currently serving in the military. One of those being Captain Terrence Robertson of Minnesota, Minnesota's National Guard. And he's joining me now from Minneapolis. Thank you so much for joining me, Captain. Uh, you are coming up on your 12th year anniversary uh, in the military. You served a tour of duty in Afghanistan. You are returning home yesterday, and you see these tweets from the president. What did you think? I didn't know what to think. Um... I stepped off the plane and turned my phone on, and I was getting bombarded from friends and family and a lot of people just asking, what's going on? What does this mean? How does this affect you? And I think the first thing that I thought was, what is going on? I was confused myself, and then that kind of turned into being angry, frustrated, and scared. Scared? Why scared? Because this is my job. This is my life. This is part of my livelihood. I've served honorably for the last 12 years, and to now be in, put into a position of being uncertain of what might happen next, that would put fear in anybody, I think. Yeah. Uh, we should tell everybody you were returning from your annual training, two weeks of annual training, when you found out about this. Enlisting transgender individuals and having taxpayers pay for their medical transition has been at the heart of a political debate in Washington. While we were all talking about a lot of other things, some lawmakers were discussing this. President Trump used that to support his decision 
to uh, to reinstate the ban on transgender people. Do you buy that argument that taxpayers should not be paying for the medical transition of somebody like you? Well, and I can only speak from my own experience, but in undergoing gender transition, I haven't had anybody pay for me to receive medical care or my surgery. I've paid for everything out of my own pocket. Mm -hmm. But the issue has been this is just going to cost us more money that we really shouldn't. You know, in your case, you paid for it out of pocket, but the argument is that taxpayers shouldn't be paying for this. Right, and, you know, there's a lot of transgender people that decide to not undergo any sort of surgery or take hormones or anything like that. You know, there are very few people that actually do go through with that for a variety of own reasons, um, personal, medical, um, and of that of that sort. You've been in the military for 12 years. How has being transgender impacted your time in the military? Well, I mean, it really hasn't. I've had nothing but support all the way up and down my chain of command from the soldiers that I'm in charge of for, um, as being a company commander, and it hasn't had an impact whatsoever on my unit or the organization. So if you could talk to the president today about this issue, what are the main highlights you'd want to get across to him? What does he need to know? I think he needs to know that this is going to affect a lot of people. I can't imagine how they're going to try to solve the problem of getting people to replace all the people that are transgender in the military currently, um, being that we are struggling right now so much as it is to try to build our numbers up and get our strength up in the military, and then to think of all of us just being asked or told that we can no longer serve. I don't know what that means for the future of our military. Have you talked to other people who are transgender and serving? Yes. I mean, um, not over the telephone. We've been communicating via email and on social media. There's a large group of people that are, are in the same position right now that are scared, that just don't know what to think or what this means for our future in the military. Um, you know, there are other people who, uh, you know, are have argued that perhaps the uh, president is trying to reach out to his more conservative base by doing something like this. You know, what do you want, not just the president, but others out there to know about your service, your commitment to this country? Right. I, I can't think of a single person that decides to join the Army or the military, any branch of service, on a whim. We all want to do something that is much larger than ourselves and contribute in a way and are extremely patriotic and hardworking people. You know, and to, to think of people judging us by happening to be transgender, that shouldn't make any difference on our ability to serve, and it doesn't make any difference on our ability to serve. We all carry out our jobs and do our duties every single day, and this isn't going to stop me from continuing to show up, continuing to do my job. I have never missed a training um, as a result of being transgender. This hasn't impacted my ability to serve, and I've fulfilled my obligations over the last 12 years. Captain Terrence Robertson, thank you for talking to us, and thank you for your service. Thank you. All right. Here's a transgender retired Navy SEAL, Christian Beck, who also talked about the band. Joining us now is Christian Beck, a transgender retired Navy SEAL officer. Christian has completed 13 tours of duty and also ran for the House of Representatives in Maryland back in 2013. Um, Christian, really want to hear your reaction to all of this happening, but first of all, what did you make of the White House Press Secretary's response to Major's question? Well, it sounds like what they always do in the, at the White House is they, they don't answer the question and they just kind of keep going around in circles. 
They give us part of the information, but not all of it. And the most important information that is missing is what happens to all the people who are currently serving. I mean, you're talking about thousands and thousands of people that you're going to take that contract away. You basically made a safe zone for all of the people serving in uniform. You took that safe zone, a safe, clear haven, and now you're bombing it. You live on fire. And now what are we supposed to do? Well, that's a good question. Uh, what is the community going to do? Uh, there's talk that at least one advocacy organization is threatening a lawsuit, but you heard Ms. Huckabee Sanders say that implementation is already being discussed. Well, there's been a lot of really good leaders within the Pentagon working on policy, working on the instructions, working on, working on everything. There's been thousands and thousands of million man hours put into implementing the, the transgender people to openly serve. And uh, there's a lot of transgender folks who are a lot of good friends of mine who are right now in the middle of transition who are in uniform serving. And now you're going to pull the rug out from under them? So, and the contracts are set. They have contracts. So you're going to break those contracts? So that's why there's going to be a huge – talk about expensive. Oh, my God, the lawsuits and everything else can happen. That contracts are made. They were legal to serve. They were good to serve. And now it's gone. Yeah. So the expenses are going to be much more than it ever would have been. And, and, that all those folks serve. Yeah, and it's not clear if they will be kicked out, those that are already serving some 2,450 of yeah. them, according to the RAND Corporation, yeah. or not. What about, uh, Kristen, the president's argument that allowing trans members will adversely impact the service? He talks about cost, um, and he talks about morale. As somebody who has served and, and served for so long, what's your response to that? Well, my, my response is, first, the cost is just it's outlandish that he thinks that this is going to be more expensive. You can buy one wheel on that joint strike fighter and pay for all those surgeries. I mean, now you're going to talk about the lawsuits and everything else. It's more expensive. So it's really gone down the wrong path. Uh, as far as the disruption that he said in his tweet, as far as the morale and everything else, I'm 20 years Navy SEAL. I have a couple of SEAL team buddies who are kind of upset, and they're like, you know, what's going on? But then when you, once you explain to them, you know, what's that one word you can use to explain America? I would say it's liberty. I would say my individual liberty, my freedom, this is what it is. Now, are you going to take that away from me? I mean, America is about liberty. It's about freedom. And it's freedom for all people, not just, not just him, not just his friends. It's freedom for every, every American living and breathing. We're right here, past, present, and future. I fight for liberty, and this is my personal liberty. He just took that away. Kristen, can you tell me a little bit about your journey into the transition? Because obviously when you were a Navy SEAL, I mean, the, the Navy SEALs still don't allow women, I, I believe, to serve. So talk a little bit about your journey and what that was like and what your role is now in advocating for transgender individuals in the military. Yeah. Well, first I would say that, that my journey is I was born as a human being, <laughs> and I was born in God's image. Now, this is my image, and this is who I am, and this is the way I always was. Now, sometimes all that can't be, you know, out there, you know, totally exposed because in the beginning when I was in the SEAL teams, it was not allowed. You can't be a woman. You can't be transgender at the time I was serving. And so I just did the best I could. That was my challenge. That's the challenge God gave me. And I don't know, according to First John 4.20, I would say that for, you know, if you believe in God and this is where all your love is and you can't love your neighbor who lives next door to you see every day, that's basically like a paraphrase, but this is, this is who I am. And so if you can't look at me as an American, understand my liberty is this right here, what you see in front of you, and you can't respect that, and I can't live with my own dignity, then you're not American. That's not the American way. So I would say there's a, there's a long way for him to go. He just had all those kids there from the American Legion, and he had spent an hour with them. 
could you spend, you know, 20 minutes with maybe the transgender community, the LGBT community? How about 20 minutes with the Pentagon, with the staff, with all those general officers, and kind of explain yourself a little bit? You know, how about a little bit of respect for us that served in uniform? So that, that's what I would challenge him with. There's a better way to do it. Yeah. Kristen Beck, thank you so much for sharing your perspective with us. Thank you. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID number is the number to call. Well, what say you? Wow. <clears throat> there, there are a few things that you have to look at. He said cost of the trans operation area and. Morale. Right. Morale has been situated whereas there was no such thing as transgenders as per se in the military from a long time ago. But there have always been a law said that they could kick you out if they determined that you were gay or homosexual. That's why they said that uh, one of the persons that was on the knew there earlier how they was uh, released from the service because of uh, being a lesbian. Right. But no one really has really, really been bringing this to to rule of the bear if you were gay in the service. So now the gay guys, the gay girls, whatever, they want to have the operations that's where all of this problem started coming in about. So they've been switching and getting with each other for a long time, even when I was in the service. You know what I mean? Like, right. Especially if you was overseas and they tell you that certain things are off limits, and guys just jump up in the barracks, man. I'm telling you, that's, I saw this with my own eyes. But if you got reported, then they would dismiss you or discharge you. But if nobody reported you and you didn't walk down the street with a dress on, if you were the guy, you stayed in the service. But if you put a dress on, they would dismiss you or get you out of the service. Remember the uh, Korean conflict where they had this mash thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Clinger. You were trying to get out of the service? Yeah. Well, that was an actual, an actual a law that if you – and that was the beginning of this what's called a cross-dressing, transgender, whatever, whatever, right, because he was trying to get out on this on this thing. Right. What they got to do now is go back into the law and either rework that law or – so when, when Obama came along and he made it completely legal – that's what Trump is doing. It's like before it was He's reversing it. Huh? He's reversing it. He's reversing it back to where it used to be. That's yeah. the only thing Trump is doing. Only thing, he is like enforcing it now. So in other words, they use the word transgender because of the fact that these people are, t- are getting operations and stuff. Yeah. So that there'd be a problem with the... Uh, uh, why would the American public have to pay for their operations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what he's using. But they have been 
that's been engaged in the service for days, man. You and you had I mean? and and you served in the army, right? I was in the air force. You the air force. Yeah. And you, you and did you see any of those in transgender in the air force where you served? I just got you telling you, man. It was the barracks was full of them. What? And, and, and guys used to leave and bring their families over to over to this base, right? The one I was serving on. Guys would come to the barracks, and next thing you know, they send their wife, they send their wife and children home, or the government would send them home. So that was the, that was the morale part of it. So I understand what the people are saying. You know, like, okay, you okay, we're Americans, we fight for America, yada yada yada. But behind them closed doors <laughs> that was that was a different story. Yeah. And you know what I mean, and that's and, and Trump has really jumped on that because okay, now Obama made it legal so that they don't have to hide no more. They can it's what you call coming out in the military. Yeah. So they don't have to, uh, when they're off on the weekends, they can go put their dress and stuff on. And the, and that's with the, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've seen a few people uh, get messed up. In fact, I had a couple of roommates like that. Mm. And they would come into the barracks. And have that little parties, have that little sessions. First time I ever seen a, 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 a real act of that, except for the porn story. So you know what I mean. That that that's the biggest that's, that's the biggest thing that's happened because now they got the AIDS epidemic that came around. Right. So so many people caught AIDS behind homosexuality in the in the military. Yeah, and that's what really started them to to, to doing these things. And then, uh, like I say, Obama made it legal that you can't mess with them; they can serve. Right. You can't touch them. Yeah, I I I, rem- I remember that. And now Trump is saying just because Obama said so that was a person. Now this is a personal thing. To disrupt what Obama did, right? It just completely reversed the, the completely reversed the decision um, that he implemented. Then, uh, um, um, when he was in office, right? Uh, I don't know. That, uh, but you know what? I understand what this guy was saying. He's there twelve years, right? Right. He got eight more years to go before he can retire. Twenty years service. That's gonna mess up his uh, retirement. Yeah, that is gonna mess it up. So you could be forty years old in the military and retire for the rest of your life and draw that big pension. Yep. But my uncles did that. I, I had some. I had some um, relatives who who was in the military who who spent. Well, I got a cousin. He he spent like twenty, little twenty years in the military, and he retired. He he was, 
I don't think he was even. I don't know if he was even quite fifty yet, and he's he's much older than I am. He's like he's he's more like a he's more like a big brother than a cousin. Because <laughs> I, oh. I don't have any big brothers and sisters, so my older cousins are more like my more like my older brothers and sisters. Right. He, he did twenty. He he served twenty years. Uh, I think the last place he was, he 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 served. In, he was in Korea. Um, he was in Korea during during while while he was fighting in Vietnam. <laughs> um, he he served twenty years. He was he was he was their cook. Um, he was the last place he was at at Fort Jackson, not too far from us. Okay. Um, up in Columbia, um, he he served his, you know, he did his time in the military. He did like twenty something years. I even followed him when doing his letters he sent home. I, I would follow, I would follow him and see where where he where he where he was. He even got married to a, a South Korean woman. Oh, okay, that's the one you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now um, they're the first um, Koreans, well, actually foreign um, in our family. <laughs> All right. So anytime anything that happens to South Korea, I'm 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 rooting for them, you know. So I'm. In the Olympics, I'd be looking for South Korea. If I hear the news about South Korea, my ears be perked up. So I'm kind of like hearing, you know, listening to what's going going on. Um, my take on this whole thing, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the place of judging. Me either. No. Um, transgender is going to be trans. I have a friend down in Miami who's a transgender. He's a he's a transgender, and one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. But I don't agree with his lifestyle. Right. Okay. Now I don't agree with the transgender's lifestyle and what they do. That's their business. But as far as using this as a social experiment, I think it's wrong. Using this as a, using this this transgender thing as a, as a plat, platform for social so-called social justice for transgenders or of the LBG, LBGTQ. I, no, I, I I don't agree with that. But as far as their lifestyle, that's their business. I ain't knocking them. Their, well, their well, you know what? We have to look at two things. Too. Another thing that uh, that the, one of the guys just got you saying about how he used scripture and how can you say you love God when you can't love uh be with somebody that's just so fire. Now, my take when I'm ministering to people, right, right. especially with gays and stuff, is how you were born. Now, doctors will tell you that there are so many people that are born 
messed up. And that's all there is to it. But it's what you do, your actions, is going to determine your morality about what's up. Yeah. I just I believe that if you were born with with nine fingers, you can still serve God. Right. So it doesn't matter about the birth of situation, but it matters about how you're going to carry yourself and that morality part of it. You know, like what it says, abstain from fornication. So if they can maintain, keep, how you say, keep it to yourself more or less. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm looking at. That's, all, that's what I'd be telling people, you know, like God, is, he didn't say nothing about people who were born with uh, different organs, da-da-da, and all of those stuff. The only thing he was saying <laughs> that abstain from fornication, which is no sex before marriage. You talk break, about a man and a woman. Yeah, break it down to 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 those of y'all who took up get the You can't do no freaky dicky. There you go. You know what I mean? So you have to chill out on the freaky dicky thing. You know what? You know what I'm saying? I hear you. <laughs> yeah, hold on. So that's that's going to be that's, that that should be the issue rather than rather than. Uh, a sex change, or uh, well, I feel like I'm a, I'm a what this one trapped in a different body, yada yada, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Whatever you do is really your business, your problem, your your, your situation. But, but as long as you, as long as you keep yourself to yourself and by yourself, mm-hmm. it, that would make a big difference because then. You will have to fight off the flies. Mm-hmm. That's that. That because uh, I I ran into guys that were switching and everything, and they said they were doing good until the men started hitting on them and and, and messing with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hold on. That? Okay. Yeah, hold on. Well. That's my, I, I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. But the, I don't agree with their lifestyle, period. So, this whole thing with the military transgenders, well, believe it or not, I agree with the president on this one. I, I, I agree with him on this one. It should Take it back to how it was. Nation Talk continues. We got news of the week and blank on blank. Later on in this hour. Major announcement, major announcement. In October, October. Morning Inspirations of Jerry Radio 2.1 will return this fall. That's in, that's in October. We'll, we'll be announcing it and give you the, the, the exact date, but it's going to be in October. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, nation, that um, Morning Inspirations of Jerry Radio 2.1 will be back this fall. 
five 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 one uh uh one six. That's one inspirations Monday, Wednesday and Friday this fall on Talk Street Jam Radio. You take the family to the food court. Your wife and Pete head for tacos. You and Danny want Chinese. You look up at the menu. You look down to see what Danny wants. But you don't see Danny. Danny! Every parent knows that feeling. Imagine if you were actually abducted. To receive free Amber Alerts on your cell phone, go to wirelessamberalerts.org. A child is calling for help. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hello, my name is Jeffrey, but people in this town call me Maniac. They call me that because I'm the fastest runner in town. But just because everyone knows who I am doesn't mean I belong. I don't really belong anywhere. You see, I'm an orphan, and I wander the streets just looking for a place that I can truly call home. My name is Maniac McGee, and I'm all alone. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Here's the opinion of the nation talk about necessary views of talk to you, Generality Productions, and sponsors. This is Nation Talk. And now, time for News of the Week. Did y'all catch the um, <laughs> the president when he when he was talking to the Boy Scouts? I don't know if you caught that or not. I I don't know. I've <laughs> it was uh, weird, very weird. Uh. <laughs> the president was at a Boy Scout jamboree, and of course, they was talking about. It is unclear how. The- nope, nope, nope. And and they was talking. About, he was actually giving a speech there. So, okay, well. I'll let you judge for yourself. Here's what. For almost 80 years now, American presidents have been speaking to the National Scout Jamboree, a gathering of tens of thousands of young Boy Scouts from all over the world, eager to meet and greet, as well as absorb the ideas of citizenship, service, and global diplomacy from the President of the United States. Now, a Scout's honor has always been a state far, far away from partisan politics, a tradition that eight presidents have respected, and President Donald Trump indicated that he would follow that tradition. Yeah, not so much. Instead, Trump used his privileged platform to stand before all 40,000 of the eager, youthful generation and brag about his record crowd size while bashing President Barack Obama, criticizing the fake media, and trashing Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. In the lengthy 35-minute speech, the so-called leader of the free world also threatened to fire his Health and Human Services Secretary if he couldn't persuade members of Congress to vote for the Republicans' health care bill. Who the hell wants to speak about politics when I'm in front of the Boy Scouts? Guys, a Secretary of Health and Human Services, and he's doing a great job, and hopefully he's going to get the votes tomorrow to start our path toward killing this horrible thing known as Obamacare that's really hurting us. 
By the way, you're going to get the votes? He better get them. He better get them. Oh, he better. Otherwise, I'll say, Tom, you're fired. I'll get somebody. You know, I go to Washington, and I see all these politicians. And I see the swamp, and it's not a good place. In fact, today I said we ought to change it from the word swamp to the word cesspool or perhaps to the word sewer. But Speak for yourself, Mr. President. It's not good. By the way, what do you think the chances are that this incredible massive crowd, record-setting, is going to be shown on television tonight? One percent or zero? The fake media will say, President Trump spoke, and you know what this is, President Trump spoke before a small crowd of Boy Scouts today. That's some, that is some crowd. Fake media, fake news. By the way, just a question. Did President Obama ever come to a jamboree? At one point, he told a rambling story about a conversation he had at a New York cocktail party with a once successful home builder who lost his momentum. The word momentum. I'll tell you a story that's very interesting for me. When I was young, there was a man named William Levitt, Levittowns. You have some here. You have some in different states. Anybody ever hear of Levittown? And he was a very successful man became unbelievable, he was a home builder, became an unbelievable success and got more and more successful. And he'd build homes, and at night he'd go to these major sites with teams of people, and he'd scour the sites for nails and sawdust and small pieces of wood, and they'd clean the sites so when the workers came in the next morning, the sites would be spotless and clean, and he did it properly. And he did this for 20 years, and then he was offered a lot of money for his company. And he sold his company for a tremendous amount of money, at the time especially. This is a long time ago. Sold his company for a tremendous amount of money. And he went out and bought a big yacht, and he had a very interesting life. I won't go any more than that because you're Boy Scouts, so I'm not going to tell you what he did. Should I tell you? Should I tell you? Oh, you're Boy Scouts, but you know life. You know life. The moral lesson these Boy Scouts had to take from this was, you have to know whether or not you continue to have the momentum. And if you don't have it, that's okay. Because if that's not inspirational, I don't know what the hell is. You might as well put that on a Hallmark card. Throughout the speech, Trump dropped in praise for the moms and dads and troop leaders and thanked the Scouts for upholding the sacred values of our nation. The speech has drawn criticism from former Boy Scouts and current Scout leaders alike with some comparing it to one of Trump's political rallies. Many took to Twitter to voice their opinions. Chris Murphy says, as a scout leader, my stomach is in knots about what Trump did today. If you haven't watched it yet, don't. It's downright icky. Michael Moore says, I'm an Eagle Scout. Trump using the 30,000 Boy Scouts as its props tonight was a scene out of the triumph of the will, shocking abuse of children. Ted Ginnaway tweeted, as scouts, we were taught to never make our service about politics. Scouts are not supposed to appear in uniform at political events. 
He followed up with, and yet Trump saw fit to turn the largest gathering of Boy Scouts into a political gathering, as if they had come together only to see him. This is yet another example of Trump ignoring the custom that past presidents have observed in such public ceremonies. Trump doesn't care for the younger generation or whether or not they are successful in life. He is only looking out for number one, himself. America has values to uphold, and normalizing this type of behavior from a president will not be acceptable. I'm Zara Shaddy, and this is Content Dawn News, your destination for news that's always real. Now, <laughs> you heard the speech. Now, Roland Martin from TV One's from his TV One program, he's the it, he's the host and managing editor of that show. He hit it head. He hit it on the head. Oh my God! Listen to this. What Roland Martin said about y'all president. We put aside all of the policy fights in Washington, D.C. You've been hearing about with the fake news and all of that. You know, I go to Washington and I see all these politicians and I see the swamp and it's not a good place. In fact, today I said we ought to change it from the word swamp to the word cesspool or perhaps to the word sewer. Hopefully he's going to get the votes tomorrow to start our path toward killing this horrible thing known as Obamacare that's really hurting us. By the way, you're going to get the votes? He better get them. He better get them. Oh, he better. Otherwise, I'll say, Tom, you're fired. As the scout law says, a scout is trustworthy, loyal. We could use some more loyalty, I will tell you that. What do you think the chances are? that this incredible massive crowd, record-setting, is going to be shown on television tonight. One percent or zero? The fake media, President Trump spoke, and you know what this is, President Trump spoke before a small crowd of Boy Scouts today. We won and won, so when they said, there is no way to victory. There is no way to 270. You know, I went to Maine four times because it's one vote, and we won. But we won. One vote. I went there because I kept hearing we're 269. But then Wisconsin came in many, many years. Michigan came in. So, and we worked hard there. You know, my opponent didn't work hard there. Under the Trump administration, you'll be saying Merry Christmas again when you go shopping, believe me. Merry Christmas. Fear not, Mr. President. We're going to air that speech, not just to a big crowd, but to a big audience. That, of course, was President Trump's address to Boy Scouts many of whom are too young to vote, and the National Scout Jamboree last night, a speech the president promised would not touch policy or politics, but then included his effort to repeal Obamacare, a tax on the media, a dig at his predecessor, former President Obama, and former Boy Scout himself, and a rehash of his victory last November. President Trump made several references to the Scouts Law, which states that a scout is, among other things, 
friendly, courteous, kind, and obedient. It is a law followed by more than 2.3 million scouts nationwide and was adhered to by at least two dozen Republican senators and members of Congress, including House Speaker Paul Ryan. Another prominent former scout, I gotta point this out, wasn't there last night, the president's own Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. He is a former president of the Boy Scouts of America. His father worked for them too. And according to Vice News, quote, Rex Tillerson shines when he's given the opportunity to talk about the scouts, and he has said, there's nothing I would rather spend my discretionary time doing than talking about the Boy Scouts. The scouts actually uh, put together a statue in Rex Tillerson's honor earlier this year. So Rex Tillerson doesn't like to talk to the press, but certainly, sir, we would love to hear your thoughts on President Trump's speech last night to those Boy Scouts. But for now, we're going to get quite another special voice. Roland Martin, the man who always brings the funk, host and managing editor of News One Now. Roland. And, and by the way, uh, a former scout yourself, right, Roland? Lord, no, because uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't wear those uniforms. They, they, just, they just couldn't do it. I, my, my daddy said, you can't dress like that. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> I almost became a Cub Scout, uh, but I was just way too busy. I was, I, was, I was trying to be a journalist when I was, 40, when I was uh, in the third grade. All right. Well, you're a journalist now. What's your take on what happened last night? Uh, let's just be clear. Our president is childish. He is petty. Um, that speech was despicable, and it was shameful. Um, to go there, to talk about some rich guy, all the hot people were at a party, really? I mean, if I'm a parent with a child who's a Boy Scout or Cub Scout, I'm, I don't want to send them there uh, to listen to that man and things that he had to say. Also, Stephanie, you read the 12 points of the Scout Law. There are 12. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. If you're Jeff Sessions, you're probably saying Trump not loyal. If you're saying trustworthy, we keep hearing about Russia and all the lies coming out. If you said friendly, eh, we know how he grabs women by their body parts. And then if you say courteous, kind, and obedient, mm, we probably can skip those too. And so it's shameful to have a president who can't even buy by the very You know what, Roland, I, I take issue with that. Thrifty is on that list. And if you oh, recall, yeah. donors are paying for Don Jr.'s uh, legal bills. So I, they, I got you there. So the, there the, you the, go. the, the organizers of the Jamboree sent out a notice to uh, all the various uh, scouts that are going to be there and their leaders and said, you can help make the president's visit a success by ensuring that any reaction to the president's address are, as we state in our scouts law, fr friendly, courteous, and kind. Please help us ensure that all scouts can enjoy this historical address by making sure your troop members are respectful not only of the president but of the wide variety of viewpoints helped by scouts and scouters in the audience tonight. So the scouts had instructions about how to be respectful. Right. This man can make anything political, right? Right after his oh, inauguration, no, no. went to the CIA, a place yeah. where respect is paid by presidents to the fallen, unnamed CIA uh, employees who have died, and he made that political. Here's the deal. Large rallies for Donald Trump, that's his crack. He is addicted to it. He is a crackhead when it comes to okay. large crowds. No, 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 follow me here. No, no, follow me, Stephanie. Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. Hold on. We're talking about being respectful. No, I know. Follow me here. Hold on a second. No. This is a president of the United States. When he wants to say he's an adrenaline addict, if you want to say he's fired, that's fine. You're not going to say it's his crack. That's his fix. When he gets in front of a large crowd, he loses it. 
the CIA, this one here. It doesn't matter. Oh, the big win. I won this state. I couldn't win. He did not spend the time talking about public service, what you should do for the country. It's all him, him, him. America would like to see the President of the United States act like it. And we keep saying, people were saying, oh, it's going to change him. No, it's not. We're six months in, and it's not going to change him. He's 71 years old. He's going to keep doing this. And you sat there and you listened to it, and it was Horrible. And I had Boy Scouts, people who are now adults, saying, is that what you want to hear? So here's the question. Can we trust this president to speak to America's young, or is he simply going to trash President Obama, a Boy Scout? Is he going to trash former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton? Is he going to sit here and joke about hot people at parties? I'm sorry. That was despicable. And I would like to respect the president, but can he please respect the office? All right, then, Roland Martin, I'll tell you, my mother, who voted for President Trump, she herself was disgusted by last night's speech. He's given another rally there tonight you go. to a huge crowd in Ohio. He's going to get a fix tonight. He's certainly going to happens. get a fix. Roland Martin, tell it like it is. You are watching foodie videos while you could be saving The second gobsmacker of the last 24 hours was Donald Trump's appearance last night at the National Boy Scout Jamboree, okay? It's no surprise he went to the Boy Scouts. With all his scandals, he needs someone who's good at putting out fires. Thank you, real Thank you very much. Thank you. I was very generous. Thank you. You're too kind. Really. <laughs> now, uh, obviously, this is an event for children from all over the country, and it is a completely nonpartisan event. So Trump left the politics behind and just talked about his hopes for their future. I'm just kidding. Um, he did his thing. Boy, you have a lot of people here. The press will say it's about 200 people. It looks like about 45,000 people. You set a record today. You know they were going to be there anyway, right? It's their event, not yours. I can't believe all these people turned out for the Super Bowl just because I'm here. <laughs> I'm also, I got to say, and I'll say this, I'm very honored that there are 7 billion people on Earth right now. It's a new record just to see me. Weren't that many yesterday, every day. Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Do his, he, he, what can you say? What can you say? Blank on Blank is next, and we're going to wrap it up. Hello, this is Rod Stewart for Rad. Your lifestyle is your business. But when you drive drunk, you become everybody's business. Don't drink and drive. Be smart, plan ahead, and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, and so should you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the App Council.
Violence, theft, drugs, graffiti, it's all part of joining a gang. In times like these, we need to protect our kids and our community from gangs. Gangs often prey on teens with low self-esteem who perform poorly in school and who seek a sense of belonging. Protect kids from gangs. Know who they're hanging out with. Encourage them to become involved in school activities. Give kids a positive alternative to gangs. To learn more, visit ncpc.org or contact your local law enforcement agency. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Time now for blank for time now for a special segment, blank on blank. This is this special segment is presented by PBS Digital Studios with lost interviews of famous artists, etc. This is Blank on Blank, where lost interviews come to life, distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. I'm David Gerlach. Today's interview is with Bono of the band U2. It's Bono talking about what it was like to be by his father's side in the final days and hours before he died. Pretty remarkable interview, and it comes to us from Anthony Boza, And back in 2001, he was working at Rolling Stone magazine. In the magazine, they were doing one of those look-backs at the year that was. And so Anthony, he plugged his mini-disc recorder into the phone, and he called Bono. They talked about a number of things, including what it was like to perform in America right after 9-11. And Anthony, he also posed a question. He asked, what was Bono's most memorable personal encounter of the year? And that's when Bono opened up about his dad. What was the question again? Just most most memorable personal encounter. Okay, well then, with my father, um, mm-hmm. as I I slept beside him in his last weeks and hours, mm-hmm. and uh, and his last words, which were, "Are you all <laughs> mad?" <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, good lord! <laughs> and um, and I'd go and I'd, I'd I'd have a you know usually a pint of Guinness and a, uh, and, a and a and a chaser to steady my nerve and I'd go and I'd go into the hospital and I'd sleep beside him and um, you know because I didn't want him to be alone in the sure. at, at night. He had many memorable things to say. He was very funny um, in the last few days. Like, uh, you any visitors today? Um, he goes, yeah, it's great. They're really great. Great when they leave. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's a tough guy, really, just a tough guy. And, and I had a, a bit of an epiphany about it all because I... You know, my prayer for him was just that, you know, that he they would keep his dignity. He was very, he had a lot of front. Right. And and, but but he but he didn't get to keep his dignity. It, it, cancer is a um, is a is a very you know, it's it's very very cruel and yeah, in the way it that it kills you so slowly. And. Uh, but I then, I then, you know, I, I sat there, I, I held his hand, I did things that I, he would never let me do, <laughs> and uh, he was, he was trapped. 
and I uh, I had a kind of epiphany though where I I thought maybe dignity is not such a a big deal after all. I I had it up there with you know righteousness or you know I had it up there with something you'd aspire to, but but actually the two most important events of your life being born and dying, you know, are very messy. Very messy for mother and child. And um they defy being cool. <laughs> right. And and it's just that's it. And just, that's actually I suppose that was the insight that dignity is a is maybe a human construct. It's a bit like cool. It might be vain. Yeah. And that yeah. you start to understand those Indian sadhus and you know, people to, the begging bowl of the Hindus, priests and and people who are like, let's get dignity out of the way. Yeah. And 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 that maybe humility is the eye of the needle. Yeah. That we all have to pass through. Something is about to give. I can feel it coming. I think I know what it is. That's Bono on the final days and hours he spent with his dad before he died of cancer. Thanks again to Anthony Boza for adding his interview to the archive. You can check out more of his work at anthonyboza.net, B-O-Z-Z-A, Boza. This Blank on Blank was produced by me and Sean Wen. Our sound logo comes to us from Jeffrey Allen Jones. I'd also like to thank TrueScribe for video scribing this Blank on Blank. And for all the journalists, nonfiction authors, documentary filmmakers out there, we want to hear your lost interviews. So drop us a line to interviews at blankonblank.org. Now for more interviews you can't hear anywhere else, including more from Bono from that telephone call back in 2001. Bono talking about what it meant to him and the band performing for a wounded nation just weeks after 9-11. You can hear all that and more at blankonblank.org. Blank on Blank is distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, prx.org. I'm David Gerlach. Keep listening. You've been listening to Blank on Blank, a special segment presented by PBS Digital Studios. Well, it has been an interesting Sunday. Oh, by the way, I want to say thanks to all of you, all of you, my Facebook friends out there, for wishing Vanessa and I are on our 10th wedding anniversary. We, together, we both Thank you all so much for your kind, kind words um, and encouragement. And especially when I think, with that God, of course, but then want to thank Vanessa for putting up with me for 10 years. As I, as I told my neighbors, 10 years seemed like a long time. But, and again, it don't. It's kind of like in between. So, 10 years, it's, it's hard to believe. A whole decade, that's unbelievable. Very unbelievable. Um, and, and if you're not doing anything between 5.30 and 6.30, 
listen to this guy. I had an opportunity to finally listen to his program on, it's actually on Facebook, right? Yeah, Facebook Live. Right. It's basically live on his Facebook page. Um, that's where you, that's where you catch his his program. But it's from out of um, soundview.org. Um, it's very good. It's a very good, very good, very good program. Very interesting. I got a chance to catch as much as I could. All we almost. Always to the internet, as a matter of fact. Thank you. So I finally got a chance to to catch it, finally. So, Appreciate you being there. Oh yeah, it it, uh, it was interesting. It it. Let me guess your topic on about relationships again. Huh? Your topic on be relationships again. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk about the attitudes in relationships. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, mm. because of attitudes, a lot of a lot of relationships have failed. And then because of a good attitude and humility, a lot of relationships have bounced back. Yeah. And got healed. So we wanna we just wanna let people know that you know, sometimes it's up to you to change the direction of your relationship. Okay. All right now. That's so try to try to watch again tomorrow. Bless you and thank you again for coming by. All right. By the way, for those of you who who've been noticing, I don't know if anybody has noticed it or not yet. But Towards the end of the program, I'm doing something a little different. I'm, I'm doing a, a, the sound off, the sign off. Let me know how you like it. And okay. just email me, KennethBetroJenkins at Yahoo.com. Give me your, or, you can, or either my Facebook page. Just let me know what you think. Um, I thought I thought to do something different. Because uh, I haven't, I haven't heard a sound off, off from radio or TV in years. It's been years since I heard it. As I, I was on, I was on YouTube and I just, I, I, I heard this. I said, all these sound off, sign off. I was like, hey, you know what? I haven't heard these. I haven't heard that in the, the national anthem in a long, long time. <laughs> and it's been years. And the next thing you was. You know, and, and that was it. That's the end of TV. That's the end. And you flip to another station, probably like a, have a late, late movie or something on it. I don't know. But uh, email me. Let me know what you think. And, and for, uh, even tell me if you what you remember about about the sound off um, at the end of the broadcast. Of you know broadcast back in the day, how they used to do that. It's an old broadcast thing, yeah. It's an old broadcast thing. Anyway, anyway. 
Well, again, of course, thank you as usual for coming on. And thank you all of you for tuning in. The views and opinions of Nature Talk are not necessarily views of Talk Show, Generating Productions, and its sponsors. This after Nature Talk, a public affairs and news program that airs Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to, to join us on another Sunday for another Nation Talk here on Talk Show and Jam Radio. Till then, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And good night. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.